Thanksgiving night. It's not like we have anything better to do tomorrow morning. Hello. Oh, the suns are playing right now. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Echo. Where am I watching? Oh, there you go. Are you situated? Yeah, I'm waiting on you. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, welcome into this week's episode, our Thanksgiving edition. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy to have us with us on this holiday week. Recording this episode here right before the holiday, give you something to listen to while you're digesting all that turkey and dinner rolls. Darren and Austin on this week's show, happy to have Austin back. Give him, try to get him in here about once every six weeks or so when he has the time for us. Six weeks? Yeah, man. Somebody's got to coach them kids, you know? It just is what it is. Somebody's got to coach them kids. <laughs> it's, they ain't going to learn how to hit a baseball themselves. This long, flowing hair, Austin, this, this new addition. Somehow you look younger. I don't know if that's... Yeah, is the hair supposed to make you look younger? Austin 2.0. We're working on version 3.0. He's in the <laughs> warehouse right now as we speak. Going to come out with a Patrick Mahomes looking haircut here pretty soon? I don't know what we're going to do, you know, but as it stands right now, we're just growing. So, you know, it's in that awkward phase where everybody thinks I'm ugly, but I think I'm cute. <laughs> so we're rolling with it. Hey, it's just about that confidence and that swagger. Only your opinion matters. Yes, yeah, right. And, well, and, you know, sometimes the girl's opinion matters too, but right now we ain't got one. So <laughs> <laughs> it's me and yours truly, and that's how we do it. Uh, before we get into the sports talk, we're going to do mostly football this week, talk about the NFL, and then dip into the college game. Uh, Thanksgiving food, Mount Rushmore. Okay, top four. Okay. Um, mm, yams, sweet potatoes. Oh. Oh, gotta have deep, deep cut off the bat. Gotta have sweet potatoes with the marshmallows on top. Always, <laughs> that's a must. It's a must. Cranberries. Ooh, what is? Um, mashed potatoes. Okay, that's you get that one. And I'm I do like turkey, you know, and I don't. I'm afraid to leave it off there, but I might have to. Okay, let's restart. <laughs> hey, you don't you don't have to you can buck the trend. You don't have to go with We're going to restart. We're just cuz what everybody wants you to have. We're going to restart. Well, yeah. you know, cuz it's the difference between like are we doing favorites or are we doing bests? Cuz my your your personal preference. Yeah. So, like turkey is like a very average meat if we're just being real totally <laughs> honest with every, I mean, come on. It's just just cuz it's tradition doesn't mean that it's good. Um yeah, so I'll stick with that and then with number 4, I'll do well, I already got my dessert on there with the meams if you want to call that a dessert. So uh, we'll throw on uh, – we'll probably throw on stuffing on there as number four. Stuffing or dressing? Both. Yes. <laughs> I mean – You're going to put turkey on it because you're a traditionalist, Mr. Mid, Miss Midwest. So. Oh, yeah. I I mean it's it's tough to leave some off, but I'm yeah, I'm going old school tradition – Turkey, mashed potatoes, and gravy. I'm going to lump into one thing. Good with that. Dressing slash stuffing. I feel like it's dressing because you're not actually putting it in the bird, most people, anymore. Okay. Good with it. And then pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie and whipped cream. Those are the top four. Old school, tradition, no weird green bean salad. I, the the sweet potatoes with marshmallow, I'm out on that. I, it's, I what? Think it, I think it's been at every Thanksgiving I've ever been to and never once have I had it. Why? I don't want to. Sweet potatoes are fine. I'm Just give me sweet potatoes or yams. I don't need marsh, I don't need tiny marshmallows you don't even, on top. You, why are you judging something you've never tried? Curb appeal. It smells good, though. There's just so many other things. Yeah, but there's that thing also. There's that's that. Like, so what are you on green beans? Or green beans, corn? What are you doing for just, your veggies? Just like, just like straight up corn and green beans. I like Scalped corn is what we call it, but like a corn casserole. Just just give me regular green beans. They don't need to be all dressed up with... S- scalloped potatoes? Yeah or nay? 
Is that a thing? Is that Thanksgiving? Scalloped potatoes? Scalloped potatoes are fine, but I'd rather have them mashed with gravy. I do feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of carbs going on here. Right. That's that's why you need some kind of greenery mixed in there. I like green beans. I like green beans, and I know they're not like a Thanksgiving thing, but I think Brussels sprouts. I've become a Brussels sprouts Ew, person. That's a no. As long, as long as they're roasted properly, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of lettuce there just to mix it up. Lettuce. Yeah, you got to pretend, pretend a, you're being healthy. You gonna bring a salad to Thanksgiving? Kale. What's, what are you drinking? Modern day me or child me? Yes. <laughs> I think growing up it was just like water and probably milk because we were in the Midwest, so there was just like perpetually chocolate milk available. But adult me is maybe having a nice cocktail, a nice a nice wintry cranberry bourbon cocktail, and some beers. Got to got to alternate because there's football on. Like for the nine thirty again, this West Coast, it's so much easier watching football in the Midwest and the East Coast. But the first game is going to be at nine thirty in the morning, and I feel That's like I perfect. What are you talking about? That's great. Open like- up, watch the parade. Pop a little mimosa, bam! Ooh, you got football. Yeah, football nine thirty in the morning. You don't even have to get a bed for that. It's perfect. I don't know <laughs> what a, the complaint is here. But I feel like halftime of the Packers Lions game. I'm I'll be ready for a beer. Like eleven o'clock on a uh, Thanksgiving. That's probably acceptable, right? To have a light beer as start long, off my day. As long as you've already had two mimosas, <laughs> then it's acceptable. How, how am I going to get the mimosa if I'm not out of bed to watch the football game? Bedside fridge. What are you talking about? <laughs> Yeah, God, you got to set yourself up, my man. Plus, it's cold enough. All you got to do is put your drink outside. It'll cool itself. Just like right on the windowsill in my poorly insulated 100-year-old apartment. Yeah, there you go. See, look, I'm solving all your problems you, in about You're an idea, seconds. man. God, man, I need, to be, I need to be paid more money. It's that giant fishbowl sitting in front of you. Uh, So this is going to be my turkey drink. <laughs> Good morning drink. No, yeah. Because it's going to take you four days to drink. I'll just leave this on my bedside. <laughs> And then when I'm feeling like I can't sleep, I'll take two swigs and I'll be right out. <laughs> so that's the win that we're doing. We're not going to give them a free plug, but this is a drink that is normally a tiny little can. And Austin found the mother load of this said beverage. And it is delicious. And it is not zero proof. You know what? And I, if I finish half of this, I'm not driving home tonight. <laughs> So <laughs> I don't think anybody needs the studio the next 12 hours. We're good. Yeah. You know what? Who needs it on Thanksgiving morning? All right. Should we talk about sports? I don't know. I was having a good conversation about turkey. We can mix it in. There's Light meat or dark meat? Turduckins. Light meat or dark meat? Mixture, but I've, I think I'd become a dark meat person if I had my druthers. Legs or thighs? Legs. Come on now. Drumsticks? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But turkey, turkey legs the way to go. Turducken. Also, quick side note: turkey and ham are the only two acceptable Thanksgiving meats. Are you asking? No, declaring. Telling. Yes, turkey and ham. Those are the only two. I, I thought want ham to see. was Christmas. It's it's a mixture. Some some people do ham because people don't like turkey. I I'm with you. I'd rather have ham on Christmas, but variety. I just I really just I never have been a big turkey fan, and the, my issue always has been: you never know how much people are going to eat turkey on the day of thanksgiving and so you buy a turkey that's typically too big then you're eating turkey sandwiches for the next two weeks but that that's that's the money that that leftover turkey and (sighs) stuffing sandwich it's the way to go see you're doing it wrong it's turkey and cranberry oh you eat the cranberries only cranberry should be drank that's it so you when you when you dish up you put the cranberry on top of the turkey and that's how you eat it that's how you eat the turkey McMenamins is the only place allowed to give me a turkey cranberry sandwich. 
and it's probably delicious. So you need to try it another place. Now we can do this OG style, like revolutionary period America or the pilgrims when they first came over, they had lobster, they had rack of lamb and like a giant nine course meal that took a whole weekend. Okay. Well, I would much prefer to have that, but I don't know who's buying all this. Who's uh, paying for this? The pilgrims, I think, just kind of went and took it. Okay, that's not my question. <laughs> I believe you because they're on the East Coast. We don't necessarily have lobster over here. Go in dig Washington. up some razor clams or Dungeness you crab said or something. Lobster is that a November thing? Are they different? Dungeness crabs. I don't know that that's a November thing. You can go try. No, I, I, I won't stop you. I have no idea when seafood is in season. Not in November. <laughs> <laughs> I can. Not a lot of seafood in the Midwest. Not something we have to think about. I can tell you that much. Yeah, that's why I'll never buy sushi if, if from a landlocked state. I used to live next to a parking lot where a truck would just show up like once a month. Box truck, no letters on it, and a guy just sat in the back with coolers full of assorted seafoods and fish. Yeah, and you, the problem is you don't know how long it's been in that <laughs> in said boxed truck. Right, and where he came from, where he went, what happened. And that dude also probably made a ton of money off right. of it. So that's also a win. He probably drove through the night from Washington and is driving back the next day. So you know what? Maybe that's maybe you need he's starting a trend. Maybe we need to start doing that. Yeah, get out of the alcohol business and get yeah. into – Transporting seafood. Salmon and – Halibut. Tuna. No. Razor clams. Clams. Dig them up. Dig them up. Drive them to South Dakota. Sell them. Drive back. Yeah. I'm in. Down. Will you be my personal assistant? My my drug dealer personal assistant? Can I be the person who like, sits in the passenger seat next to you and like sprays you with a water bottle to keep you awake as you're driving? Yeah. I didn't know those existed. Watch The Office once in your life. I was a How I Met Your Mother fan. Ooh. Nobody was a How I Met Your Mother fan. That's just entirely not true. I'll accept Parks and Rec over the office, but not How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, acting like a it was a discount. It was a discount version of version of Friends. And I Friends was around when I was five. How I Met Your Mother was around when I was in high school. So I watched How I Met Your Mother. You can say what you want. Ted Mosby's the man. You picked the least interesting character on the show. Ted Mosby. He was the main character. I mean, Barney Stinson is cool, but... Marshall. You just like Marshall because he's from the Midwest. Well, there's that. His high school mascot was a hug. <laughs> What's wrong with that? <laughs> it's very Midwest of him. <laughs> I can tell you that. Not everything needs to be scary and intimidating. Can we talk about real football now? Yeah, let's do it. Let's start in the AFC here. I'm just going to fire off some questions at Austin, kind of have a freewheeling conversation as if we haven't been having that already. Looking at the AFC playoff picture, which I think is a lot more wide open and interesting than the NFC, we've got the Ravens somehow sitting there at 8-3, and three, a team I think people thought would maybe be on the cusp of getting in but not here in the driver's seat. The Chiefs in second because Marquez Valdez-Scantling can't catch a pass. They lose to the Eagles. They're second right now. All same records here for second through five. Chiefs leading their division, Jags leading their division, Dolphins leading their division, and then the Browns somehow, even without Deshaun Watson, going with DTR, our favorite, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the rookie, getting them the win. So the top five are sitting pretty right now, and you're six and seven right now. you got the Texans, the who saw it coming Texans, and the Steelers. They're the Steelers, of course, they're going to be there. Those two at six and four. 
And then the Bills, probably the only other team, I think, on the outside looking in. Well, maybe some more teams we'll get to later. You got a mishmash down there with the Colts, the Broncos, the Bengals, the Raiders, the Chargers, the Jets. And then I think you really fall off when you get to the Titans and the Patriots. But just a, a quick look here. What do we see out of the AFC? Yeah, so it's been an interesting year. Um, you know, it, the AFC initially was looked at as the conference of quarterbacks. And uh, they – I don't – necessarily know that that's wrong but i don't know that it's every quarterback that we expected either obviously lamar jackson is mvp former mvp so uh we know what he's capable of but the last couple of seasons i don't know that the ravens have been necessarily this successful um but you just go on down the line right after the top three two has been good um but i don't know how good they're going to be in the colder weather right they're obviously a well-coached team um and they're going to play really well but uh, they they have a style of play that is more conducive towards September and October, not November and December. Um, so that's going to be interesting to follow. But but you but you it, you just keep going down the line and uh, right like the Browns like we don't really know who's playing quarterback for that. Like it's DTR, but how good is he really? CJ Stroud is is good. He's a rookie. Um, Steelers is uh, Mister Can't throw the ball more than ten yards. Can he pick it and? Uh, so it, it's been it's been a fascinating deal because again we all kind of thought that it was going to be the Bengals and the Chiefs and the uh, the Bills like it's kind of been for the last three four years but um, it's not turning out to be that way and it's just kind of been it's a little bit more fascinating to watch this year so I'm kind of excited to see what's going to go down the stretch but again like we thought that it was going to be the conference of quarterbacks and it, it, there are certain some that are standing out but. Um, there are definitely a couple that we didn't anticipate being um, as good as they potentially are. So it's been fun. And I, I told everybody at the beginning of the year I was worried about the Chiefs and the Bills falling off a little bit. And Chiefs looks like a foolish pick, but the Bills just feels like something's not quite right. I think McDermott, he's the kind of guy who righted the ship, got them in a the good situation, and then needs to pass it off to somebody to take them to the next level. Maybe that is moving on from Stefan Diggs. I don't think Allen's going anywhere draft some running backs they've kind of built up the offensive line the last couple of years and they're just so decimated by injuries I, I think the bills are still gonna have a shot to get in here because i think i think the browns and the texans are going to fade a little bit down the stretch the steelers probably still in that fight for the playoff so i can't declare the bills out because they have josh allen and just too much talent they're just so beat up on that defensive side of the ball especially to really be a contender i think you're gonna see here a I can never really trust the Ravens with Lamar Jackson. They seem like a team is going to get the one or two seed and then get beat in the divisional round. To me, this is a Chiefs-Jaguars-Dolphins race. Took a while for me to come around on the Dolphins, but I still think two is the MVP so far. The Jags, Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence, they just have the right people in the right places, and then the Chiefs are going to be the Chiefs. So I see, I see those three as my teams that are going to run away in the AFC. Bengals are done without Burrow. Chargers are just a mess. I think Brandon Staley... Maybe not. It doesn't make it through the season. Um, so there you go. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And again, like we can't discount the Broncos are probably the hottest team in the NFL oh, you right beat now. Beat me to it. That's I want. I wanted to say, watch out. Here come the Broncos. Yeah, my, my, my playoff pick Broncos who were looking terrible to start the year. And I mean, they beat the Chiefs, right? I don't know if the, where they where, the, where was that game played. Was it played in Arrowhead or was it played in, mm, let's in Denver? See, let's see what the schedule page says. Um, and so yeah, it's just been fascinating this year because again, like you think about like the bottom half of the the bottom half of the teams. You know, the Jets are supposed to have Aaron Rodgers. That didn't happen. The Chargers have Justin Herbert, potentially one of the best throwers of the ball in the league, right? Top two, three, and they can't figure their life out. 
The Bengals, obviously, without Joe, having Joe Burrow, it's going to be interesting. Denver Broncos, everybody. The narrative was that Russell Wilson was washed. I don't know that that was necessarily true, but it was kind of the narrative. And, and the first month of the season kind of proved that what everybody was saying was going to be potentially true. And now, uh, now they're coming coming around, and they, you know, if they beat the Chiefs once, there's not saying they can't do it again. And you know, what does that turn to if they end up with? Five or six losses, seven losses, maybe, or they do they slip into a higher seed and, and potentially upset somebody in the in the wild card round. So um, it's just going to be a kind of a fascinating deal. But again, like you just don't ever know in the NFL, right? It's so fluid, and and uh, I think you brought up a good point about Sean McDermott. You know what you could compare him to. Uh, the old Suns coach. I'm slipping on his name right now. D'Antonio. Nope. Oh, Monty. Monty Williams. Because uh, Monty Williams was amazing for what the Suns needed him to do, right? right? Which was turn around the franchise, right? Figure out how to you know win games and learn how to win. But he wasn't a championship coach, and I've talked about this before. And you know, Sean McDermott could be placed in that same boat potentially, where you know he was put in a spot where he needed to turn around a franchise. But is he the coach that's going to be able to get you over the top? And as it stands right now, he hasn't been able to do so. So, do the Bills need to move off of him? It's a, good, it's a solid question. Do they need to bring in a, a championship coach? And who does that look like? Who would that be? Right? So all good questions. Uh, to me, Josh Allen is the – he's not going anywhere. They need to figure out somebody who can maximize him. I think Josh Allen's got a little bit of that Brett Favre to him. He leads the league in touchdown passes right now, but he also has 12 interceptions. He's going to be a gunslinger. He's going to be a wild card. Who can work with that? And I think Sean McDermott could easily find another gig, not that he's lost his job yet. Seems like a guy who could maybe go elsewhere, find another job, and just you know build up a, another team that's trying to rise from the ashes right now. The and Patriots? You talk, uh, I think he'd go NFC. I'm not sure where. We need to do some more research on that. <laughs> or maybe Brandon Staley. I don't know if the Chargers would be a place for him. But talking about Russell Wilson, I know everybody treats a game manager like it's such a cursed title. But he's not terribly high on yards, very pedestrian on yards, kind of pedestrian on attempts. But he's top 10 in percentage, and right there in the top five, it tied there for touchdowns. And he's not turning it over, only four interceptions so far. So Russ and Sean Payton, they, I think they just needed a couple weeks to be firing on all cylinders. Started one and five. They've reeled off four since, went to Buffalo to beat the Bills, and handled the chiefs pretty easily it was at home in mile high so you have that they're going to have an interesting it's a prove it stretch here in the first next couple weeks for both sides because they're going to play the browns the browns defense is as good as anybody in the nfl but the offense is questionable now that they don't have deshaun watson or nick chubb then they go to the texans first week of december so broncos at texans i think will tell us a lot about both of those teams and then december 10th at the chargers so we'll find out they've Two games against the Chargers in a four-week period. So are the Chargers still fighting for their playoff life come that game? So a huge three-game stretch here for the Broncos and three other teams that we're not quite sure what to make of yet. Yeah, so the schedule certainly stiffens up. But I do think that they've uh, – I don't know that they've played necessarily bad teams in the last what – they, what, they won four straight, five straight? Well, they did play the Vikings, so we can't say they're all good teams. I didn't say that, but they played oh. the Chiefs. Yeah. Right? Chiefs, Bills, and Vikings. So Chiefs twice. They split with the Chiefs. So uh, two with the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Vikings for their last five games. Yeah. Well, and again, I guess we don't know what the Bills are necessarily. But I, I mean, again, let's say you're 
in the NF, in the AFC now, if you get to what do you think? Nine wins? You, you go? Ooh. Was it? You go nine and eight? Are you a playoff team? It's it's getting dicey right now. You're gonna have to get to ten wins. I think, I think, maybe? I think you're looking at ten. So are there five more wins on the Denver Broncos schedule? You know, can they beat the Chargers in LA? I guess that's probably the one of the big questions. I would assume that they probably should be able to beat them at home. They do get to play the Raiders and the Patriots. You know, so we, you, those should be wins, right? So if we mark them to, so it, yeah, I just it's going to be interesting to see what the playoffs turn into because um, it look from from the outside in, it just looks like there's going to be. Um, a road team that wins a couple upsets here and there. The teams are a lot closer this year than I think we previously anticipated. A lot of the times it was the Chiefs and everybody else. Um, and we almost assumed that it was going to be like the Chiefs Invitational, right, for the AFC Championship game, which it still could be. Um, but it's not been exactly as advertised as it has been in the previous years. So as we sit here right now, looking at the teams outside the playoffs, you have to tell me in or out for the postseason. Buffalo Bills. Good Lord, in. Okay. Denver Broncos. Okay, but I had to, I got to kick somebody out. Okay, right. That, that's that's part two of the question. Well, I'd kick the Steelers out. Okay, so that's fine. Um, I don't know that. So are you, the four? So this basically you're talking about. There's four teams: Texans, Steelers, Bills, Broncos. Right. Uh, I'm not totally sold on the Browns. So my basically the question is. The, between the Bills, the Broncos, and I'll maybe leave the Chargers in there, will any or all of those three snake a spot from? I don't think the top four are going to change. I think the Ravens, Chiefs, Jags, and Dolphins are safe. I think they'll be in the playoffs in some capacity, right? Is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I think those are all probably – I think those are your four division winners. I don't see anybody else jumping them. We can get to the Texans here in a minute. But And, and the Jets, we have that – no, if, if they can at least be treading water, and you're not, you're not no. buying Rogers coming back. No, if, if, if they're in contention with two games left, stop it. Okay, nope. So I'll I'll give you Bills, Broncos, Chargers. Are they how many of those are taking playoff spots, and who are they taking them from? Well, I don't think the Steelers are going to make the playoffs. I'm not buying the Steelers. I don't know if you watched the film last week. I think Kenny Pickett threw three passes beyond ten yards. <laughs> like they're not good. Uh, they're not good. So they're well coached. And if you know anything about how the Steelers franchises ran, I don't think Mike Tomlin has had one under 500 season. Yeah. That's- so they're going to get to nine and eight, but I don't know that they're going to do anything past that. And so I just don't have any faith in them making the playoffs. I just, I really don't. Um, the Texans, it's hard to say what they are. You know, CJ Stroud obviously has been a, a savior for that franchise. And so, uh, um, so they've been a lot better, and, and they're certainly much more. They're much. D'Amico Ryan has been an awesome coach for them, so uh, they've done a really good job. But I, I, those those two teams are just they're if teams for me. But I just, for whatever it's worth, I, I trust Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. They've been there, done that, and it, even though it's a new franchise and it's it's a new system and there's all these all these variables, I think that th- when it comes to just the pure experience of how to play in in December December and January when it's coming down the stretch, I think that makes a big difference. So. Uh, you know, if I were to, to choose two teams, I'd probably go Broncos and Bills if I was going to go with anybody. Um, and then I'd stick the Browns in there as well. Okay. I Looking at the Steelers' schedule, they go to Cincinnati, no Joe Burrow. They get to host the Cardinals and the Patriots back-to-back games. And then they play at the Colts and then host the Bengals again. So those are some they good. go They go 5-0 and here in this next stretch, which is not out of the realm of possibility. 
and they're sitting there they're at in. 11. They're in. Now, you finish at the Seahawks and at the Ravens. Wouldn't pick Pittsburgh I, in either of those two. Pittsburgh's not favored in any of those games, right? No. Either of those – yeah, right, right, right. So I don't know. It's just – it's Mike Tomlin, it's the Steelers. They may get in that seventh seed and get obliterated by, like, the Jags. But I've, I've got the Steelers in, and I, I'm going to – sticking with my guns. I think the Broncos – are going to jump in there and take that Texan spot. But to ask a question to you, more likely that the Texans jump the Jags for the AFC South crown or the Texans fall out of the playoffs. That's that one more time. The Houston Texans right now are six and four. The Jags are seven and three. Is it more likely that the Texans win the AFC South and take the spot from the Jags or that the Texans fall out of the playoffs altogether? Uh well, more likely that they fall out of the playoffs. I don't think that they're going to pass the Jaguars. I mean, I don't know that either one of them will happen, but in terms of all likelihood, I would take them falling out of the playoffs over them jumping the Jaguars. Yes, they've already played Jackson because their roster isn't that good. Like their <laughs> roster is not like it's CJ. Like it's you know, and CJ Stroud is amazing, and he's been and Domingo Ryan's is a, is, is a obviously a really good coach, but. Like one to fifty, one to fifty-two, one to forty-five, whatever. They're just the the Jaguars are better. Uh, right, defense is better. Offense much more is better, complete roster. Much more. And and realistically, if you actually put it put them together, I think Trevor Lawrence right now is better than C.J. Stroud. Which so I've heard people saying that right now. If you could start with any quarterback from the last whatever years, who would you want on your team? And I was like, I'm still taking Trevor Lawrence. It was like. It was like the first couple of quarterbacks taken. So Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Trevor Lawrence, and who was the first quarterback taken in 2022? There was like no quarterbacks that year. Say that one more time, 2022? So from 21 to 23, you can get the first quarterbacks drafted in each of those. Oh, yeah, 20, 2022 was the Kenny Pickett draft. He was the only quarterback, so let's just take him out. But basically, <laughs> you can have Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, or Trevor Lawrence. And that Trevor Lawrence class had all those quarterbacks, but I think we've pretty well figured out he's the class between... It was like Justin Fields. Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, all those guys. So it's really Trevor Lawrence versus Bryce Young who's versus the kid from, Who's the kid playing with the Titans right now that's playing pretty good? Uh, Will he, Levis. Or he had a good game, maybe, I guess. <laughs> um no, well, I just I, th- I just think it's crazy to say you're going to take C.J. Stroud 10 games into his career over Trevor Lawrence. I still think Trevor Lawrence is future Aaron Rodgers-esque There's just a lot more TBD with C.J. Stroud. Right. I think that's maybe the, the the difference. You know, at this point, with you're three years in with Trevor Lawrence now. Um, there's more there's more film and tape and understanding of what he's going to be, right? And teams have adjusted. He's adjusted. And on, on, on. He also has a good coach and an offensive coach in Doug Peterson, which makes a huge difference. And not to say that, I don't know, like C.J. Stroud doesn't have an offensive coach right now. So... Uh, does that make a difference in his in the in, in the tenure of his career? You know, it, it, we can't explain that right now. But it, it has been precedents didn't say that when you don't have an offensive coach that's a head coach, uh, the quarterback will hit a ceiling at some point, and we just don't know what that will be for him. Yet. I'm trying to think. When's the last time we had a great interdivision quarterback rivalry? Because if we have C.J. Stroud versus Trevor Lawrence for the next decade, that'd be awesome for the AFC South. Russell Wilson, Colin Kaepernick. Uh, I don't think that counts. Why not? Because we had like Brady and Manning, but they weren't in the same division, just the same conference. I'm trying to think when we had like the last two great quarterbacks, one division, we kind of thought we were going to have it with Herbert versus Mahomes, and Mahomes seems to be running away with that one. 
Dak and Hertz. They haven't really been Hertz hasn't really been around enough to make that a thing. Um. Well, I, I mean, Burrow Lamar maybe. Yeah, but how long has that been going on? Uh, about three four years now. Um. What about uh? What about uh? Drew Brees and Matt Ryan. That's a good one. I was trying to. I was thinking Brees. I was like, who did Brees have in his division? But that's good. Good pull. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know that a lot of people looked at that as necessarily like uh in like because Matt Ryan was quietly really good. Right. Right. Even though he won an MVP, I don't know that every he was just like a he was like yeah he's good. But they had to face off umpteen times in their yeah because they what probably like ten years of them playing each other at least twice a season. Yeah, whatever. I don't know the number. Yeah, for uh, quite a while. Yeah, totally. Uh. So that'd be great for the AFC South, at least, if we got to have C.J. Stroud versus Trevor Lawrence and we could hype that up. Uh, is there any question that C.J. Stroud is not the rookie of the year, I, I, at least offensive? I don't know who else would be. Bijan Robinson's having a good year. Jameer Gibbs. Tank Dell is having a great season, but how much of that is because of C.J. Stroud? Well, I'm going to be a homer here, but... Puka Nakua, Sam Laporta, Jordan Addison. Why would you say that? I mean, the answer would be Jordan Addison, but he's not going to win it anymore because the... MVP quarterback is now sitting on the sideline with the torn Achilles. So, <laughs> you you have the pastronaut. Yeah, did you watch the game on Monday or Sunday or no? Uh, I did. All the only thing I've heard about that game is Kareem Jackson. Yeah, in yeah, yeah. Well, he's not playing anymore. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what you need to know about that. Is so CJ Stroud a legitimate? MVP candidate or just rookie no, of the year? Stop. I'm, ju- people, I'm just I'm just asking. People need to slow down a little bit. I'm still on the Tua hype train for MVP. I just I'm to... on the Brock Purdy for MVP. Hey, train. That's what I like to hear. Sam Howell is leading the league in passing right now. I, who? Yes, go Commanders. So the Let's command. <laughs> the... Heck yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that when we get to the <laughs> NFC. It's just such a weird Commanders year. Yeah. All right. Anything it's else? It's like, like the Jameis Winston led Buccaneers. Anything else in the AFC <laughs> team wise before we jump over here to the m- much, I think, more stratified NFC. Nah, I'm good. So I think the NFC here, to me, there's four teams on top. Philly, Detroit, the Niners, and Cowboys. They've separated. The Seahawks, injury bugs catching up to them. Your Vikings are getting hot at the right time. And then New Orleans. because hot. What because, are you talking about? We got half our team hurt. What are you talking about? Because somebody hurt? has to win the NFC South. So those, those were the seven I predicted at the beginning of the year. So I'm just going to toot my own horn on that. And then it really seems to fall off. Like the Packers are in the eight spot right now at four and six, and they're about to be four and seven when the Lions cream them on Thanksgiving. The Rams at four and six are not good. The Falcons at four and six, they were a trendy team that people thought would win the South. They can't decide on a quarterback. Or a running Buc- back. Buccaneers have fallen off. Oh, the- wait, they have a running back? Oh, no, they don't use them. I'm sorry. <laughs> the Commanders, uh, Sam Howell is throwing the ball all over the yard. Like I don't think of Ron, <laughs> I don't think of Ron Rivera teams being pass-happy offensive machines. They're not winning, but Sam Howell is putting up great numbers, and they're playing no defense. Ron Rivera is supposed to—I know they traded away their two defensive ends, but the Commanders Famous are— Jameis, Jameis, baby. The Commanders are giving up the most points per game, and they're putting up crazy yards. The Giants, they, they just need to shut it down. The Bears, every time we think Justin Fields is taking a step forward, everything around him falls apart. The Cardinals have Kyler back. That may mean something. And the Panthers very clearly rebuilding, just trying to get pieces for Bryce Young's future right now. I I can't even think of a concept of where any of these teams on the outside looking in get a spot unless the Saints stumble. And then the we could be looking at an 8-9 and nine NFC South champion. It's happened before. 
right? Uh, we've had seven and nine in the playoffs. Have we had eight and nine in the playoffs? Beast Quake. Wasn't that, wasn't that Seahawks? Wasn't the Beast Quake game, weren't they seven yeah, and nine? When the Saints beat the Saints. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, they were seven and nine. Have we had eight and nine in the playoffs, though? I don't know. I was just thinking about that. How long have we had the 17 games? It's only been like, it's like three years. You talk all research. Um, yeah, so I don't know that I, it, it pains me to say is, uh, that the Lions are actually good. The like they haven't played the Vikings yet, so but if you had to, know how good if they you are. had to have another NFC North team be good, wouldn't you rather it be the Lions? Uh, <laughs> Come, uh, better than the Bears or Packers as a. Uh, I'm not a fan of any of the four of them, and like I'm, what? Not a, I'm, I'm not a diehard for any of the four. Yeah, like the answer is yes. Because every nobody knows the Lions are going to poop on themselves at some point. So this is what was I hearing? Was it the Dan Patrick show? I was hearing they had Ross Tucker on saying that this is the first time since like 1962 that the Lions have had an eight and two record going into Thanksgiving. This is the best year they've had in 60 years. Let's let, let, let no. the Lion fans feel good. No, sorry, Slim Shady. <laughs> Not going to happen. You guys are going to poop on yourselves at some point And. We're, you're going to lose to the Vikings in the first round of the playoffs in the dome under the lights. So, hate to break it to you, not going to happen. Well, I'll I'll, I'll stick I'll stick up for you, Lions fans. Your Thanksgiving, you're going to you're going to dump on the Lions on their biggest day of the year. Yeah, realistic. T- realistically, what happens if what happens if the if the Seahawks are in the seventh seed and have to go to Detroit? Uh, who do you think is going to win that game? Actually, how healthy are the Seahawks? Do I have Kenneth Walker and Geno Smith healthy for this game? Um, yes. The Seahawks would be the one team that scares me from. I mean, because you, I want to trust Dallas, but they're the Cowboys, so you know they're going to blow it in the playoffs. Okay, sure, but they're not going to be in the seventh seed anyways. So like that, they're out the, of the it's, question. It's it's not the Saints. The the Saints and Cowboys, I don't consider. Well, the Saints, they okay, yeah, because they're not going to be. They have to be. Well, I guess I don't know where the Lions will be because no, San I would, Francisco, I would, San Francisco right now is going to win eight more games. Like they probably <laughs> are going to just do that. So no, there's this. A full strength Seattle would scare me if I'm any one of these teams. That's what I'm saying. So, so okay. So realistically, the Niners they are seven and three right now, yes. and they have three losses to teams when half of the Avengers were hurt. So now that they have a full slate of Avengers, they probably will what, lose one more game, two more games, maybe max. Okay, right. So that puts them at thirteen and five. I don't even know how to look at their schedule to know that that's where they're <laughs> going to land at. Right. So, do we think that the Lions will finish better than thirteen and five? Do we actually believe that they will? Because if they don't and they drop, yes. then they're going to have to play either the Cowboys or the Seahawks. Yeah, good luck. Enjoy that life. Why can't they get the one seed? Uh, did you watch the Eagles play? Yeah, and they would have lost if Mark Wesvaldis Scantling could catch. Uh, you know, it gets nasty for the Niners here in the next three weeks. Okay. They go to Seattle, they go to Philly, and then they play Seattle again at home. So that, that Niners-Seahawks game on december 3rd that's going to be a beast i mean they do get the cart they get the cardinals commanders and rams so chalk up three wins right there but then ravens eagles and two seahawk games the only the ravens would be a tough game yeah 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 or where is it it is in san francisco or as close to san francisco as they are wherever they are in salem (laughs) Tucson, Arizona, however close the <laughs> Niners stadium is to the actual city. Everett, Washington. <laughs> Bellingham? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, so that nine, that Eagles game is going to be fun to watch. I don't know who wins that game. Where is that game played at? Is that going to be in Philadelphia or is that going to be in San Francisco? At Philly. 
Yeah, so that's a tough game. You know, how can Brock Purdy handle the defensive line of the Eagles, right? I do think now— By having I, the best left tackle in the game healthy? Now, sure, yeah, that's true. I, I, I think that the Eagles are a little bit more porous on the back end than a lot of the Eagles fans want to admit. They just haven't—I mean, so obviously we see what happened when they played— uh, Patrick Mahomes, but one would also argue that Patrick Mahomes' best receiver is a 34-year-old tight end that can't run nearly <laughs> as fast as he was able to five years ago. Like, I'm not wrong when I say that, right? And not to say that he's a Hall of Famer, he's really good. Like, he's still a go-to guy in the league, definitely, but he's just not – they don't have a guy to break it open anymore, right? I'm not wrong when I say that. Like their receiving core has been really suffering in the last year or two. It's, this is I've said for a couple of years. It feels like the Patriots when they didn't have Randy Moss. Like Brady was just getting it done. Great tight ends, and then just some bodies at tight end. Like he made Deion Branch and Ernest or David Givens and all these guys Wes stars. Walker, like yeah, he was Julian just Julian Edelman. And but it, it feels like it's by design. It feels like the Chiefs could go get big name receivers. They kind of tried with Juju Smith Schuster, but they could draft one. They could go get one, and they're just like, nah, we'll get some dudes and. Yeah, well, Mahomes is good enough just to get by with Kelsey. He still needs a young. He still needs a guy, right? Like, and again, Kelsey is good. Like, he's a good, but he's more possession now, and he's not necessarily a. a, I mean, nobody's Tyreek Hill, but they don't have that kind of guy to to run the deep post and score on an eighty yard touchdown anymore, right? And so, um, again, I think that I mean, you look at. And again, I'll be Homer, but Kirk Cousins threw the ball for four hundred yards against his against his defense. And they just – the Eagles are good, obviously. They're 9-1. But they still are, again, probably a little more porous than a lot of people would anticipate them to be. So a good quarterback, you know, you look at like uh, Jared Goff could probably chop him up a little bit, you know. Um, Dak Prescott probably would chop him up a little bit, you know. Is it going to be a shootout? What does that game look like, right? So um, – Well, let me – uh, the Eagles for Christmas, literally on Christmas Day, they get the Giants. So there's a Christmas present. Yeah. So, so two ga- they end the game, t- two games with the Giants and the Cardinals. So you're talking about quarterbacks. Who's going to dice up the e- dice up the Eagles in the next four games? Bills, Niners, Cowboys, Seahawks. Well, I would think the Cowboys will. I think the Bills have a chance to. If I were if I were to choose the Niners, might because but I, the thing it's so interesting. The, I don't know how good Brock Purdy is. He's good, but he hey but he's good when he has the Avengers around him. He's a good point guard. I think that's probably a fair statement. Yeah, because when he, half the Avengers were gone, they lost to the Vikings on the road. Like it just is. It's just it, it's, it's a different team. And so, like Brock Purdy also has the ability to chop them up. Not because Brock Purdy is some world class talent but everybody around him is and so i wouldn't be shocked if he throws for 300 yards on these guys just being like just putting it out there and so i don't know that they win because there's a lot of other factors that go into a football game but i just i don't think that i as much as i want to say they're fool's gold i don't know that they're fool's gold but they're fool's gold just enough that there's a, there's enough crack in the armor that I don't think they're unbeatable like everybody thinks that they are. Brock Purdy is at least as good as Joe Flacco was when he won a Super Bowl. I'm not. Yeah, that's probably true. 
Like that's that. I mean, I think that's probably a good comp. Actually, now they won't face Colin Kaepernick in the Super Bowl, so that might that might have a that might say something. But we'll see how it goes. So, so NFC feel good about the Eagles winning the East. Uh, yeah, I just don't think the Cowboys are gonna. I mean, yeah, I just yeah, the Cowboys are gonna find a way to lose a game or two here. I I just think the Cowboys are a five hundred team, maybe ten and eight, maybe eleven games. Begrudgingly admitting the Lions are gonna win the North. Sadly, well, they still have to play the Vikings twice, so there's four losses right there at least. The Niners probably the favorite. I would assume that they're the favorite, even though they have to play the Seahawks twice. They have to play the Seahawks twice now, still or just once. The Niners one, uh, yeah. There's, two two with the Seahawks. Yeah, and, I mean, rivalry. I you feel like they'll split. Yeah, I do too. But you know what's so strange is I feel like they'll opposite split. Right. Like, this is just how it works with that t- with that rivalry. So Where's the place? Isn't Pete Carroll, like, never won somewhere? Is it, like, Sean McVay who's undefeated against Pete Carroll or something weird? Like, uh, even when the Rams were bad, he's never lost uh, to Pete Carroll? I don't I thought think thought there that... was some weird stat like that. Didn't they play, like, last week? Yeah, probably. Um but you still feel good about Saints. Well, it could be true because Sean McVay beat him twice this year. So, <laughs> I mean, you could be right. And the Saints are just kind of there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They have a random quarterback situation too. Well, that you set me up for my little game there. But I was going to see if there's anything else in the NFC we need to get to that we didn't talk about. You talk about a game about random quarterback situations. I love it. I love random quarterback situations. God, I love working with a fourth string quarterback. It's great. It's great. It's great. There's, there's, great. There's nobody else I can do this with other than you. Oh. Okay. Okay. This game that I'm making up on the fly. Random quarterback situations. It's called random quarterback situations. Let's go. You can either you can draft, you can sign, or you can hold. Hmm. Keep, you can keep the guy you got. You can go to this allegedly historic rookie class, or you can go get a veteran from the free agents i need to bring up who the free agents are but we're gonna pastronaut gonna look at teams who are maybe a little unsettled at the quarterback position Andy dalton starting with new england patriots starting quarterback mac jones backup bailey zappy i would sign colin kaepernick if you, are you getting paid every time you say his name is there some maybe cam newton no I do like Cam Newton, but I think his time in the sun has. I would draft. I don't. I think that's a no-brainer. But they have bigger problems than their quarterback situation. So, like their coach slash GM. Yes, their offensive evaluator. What do you th- What do you think happens with Belichick? Quick, quick. Can, like, is it possible for Coach Belichick to stay and not be GM Belichick? No. Or are they going to get rid of him? Because he's no. he's chasing the. And of course, I just got rid of the screen I wanted. He's chasing the quote the coaching wins record, and he's kind of slowed his pace. So I think he's expecting at least two more years. If you're the Patriots, do you want to risk him winning that with the Chargers or the Commanders or whomever's finding a coach? I don't know that he would get hired anywhere else. Mm. Hot take. And the only reason I say that is because we I think we've all learned who he is. And he isn't Bill Belichick without Tom Brady. Right. I think that's I think I think we in the last 3 years we've all figured that out. 4 years, however long what was it been 4 years now? 3 I don't know. But, and so but like but it's still Bill Belichick. It still brings the name and cachet and people will they'll tune in because it's him. But if you're like 
if you, I'm trying to think who's maybe hiring a, a coach this offseason. If you're the Bears or the would Falcons you, would you, or – Would you hire him? Would you hire him? Not at this stage in his career. Okay. But I also wouldn't give Deshaun Watson a guaranteed $250 million. There's NFL owners do weird things. I guess that's true. I'm just thinking out loud. I don't know that he's going to be ever – I don't think I don't think that Robert Kraft will ever fire him. I think that he's going to be on his own terms, and I think that he will be there until he breaks the record because of that reason. Because of what he did and the championships that he's won and the relationship that they have, Robert Kraft will not just tell Bill Belichick that he cannot come into that office anymore. I, yeah, I, I still I can't see him being anywhere else. I think they do take away the GM responsibilities, and he's just the coach. I just I think he's going to end with the Patriots. But for the sake of where would the backup plan be? Um, if I were to give you unhinged NFL owners, what's the first name that comes into your head or team? Jerry Jones. You're you're getting close. Unhinged. Unhinged, unpredictable franchise liable to do any crazy thing you never saw coming. Jets. <laughs> I was thinking the Raiders. Okay. They got rid of Josh McDaniels. Did Mark Davis carrying on his father's legacy of doing things you never saw coming. I don't know that that's 100% true. Is it true? Eh, I think it's a little bit. The Aces are good, which figure that out. The Las Vegas Aces are great, owned by the same guy who owns the Raiders. Yeah, Kelsey Plum, Asia Wilson. Let's go. All right. So what are you doing? You're got way sidetracked. Patriots quarterback. You're you're going draft. You're giving up on Mac Jones as your guy. Heck yeah. What are you doing? Are you keeping Mac Jones? I'm not. Okay. I'm I'm going draft. They're going to have a top five pick. I go get Caleb Williams or Drake May or Penix and start over. Bailey Zappi. Okay. Next. I, feel, I feel like Zappi is a good guy to have as your backup. <laughs> Mac Jones is a good guy to have as your backup. Uh. <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kenny Pickett. Backup. Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. Uh, the Steelers just feel like one of those teams who stays the course no matter what. They give a guy a longer leash than most people would. Which is why I go, yeah. Uh, <laughs> because they, if they, I think that what they should do, and this is maybe a sad take, but I wouldn't keep, I would sign Trubisky for like a two year and then draft a quarterback and just have him as the bridge. But I think that they're going to, because they drafted Kenny Pickett in the first round, I think they're going right. to just hold on to Kenny Pickett right. for 10 years. And Yeah, it's only a second season, and I'm I'm a firm believer in giving quarterbacks two or three years before you. Yeah, so, I mean, they're going to at least have Kenny Pickett start until his rookie contract option is up, and then at that point we'll kind of see where they decide to go. Uh, so I would, I at the minimum, I think you have to at least do that. Now here's one. I think they're I think they're pretty stable, but they're having an awful season. The Tennessee Titans, Ryan Tannehill, I think is the past. He's still on the roster though. They've got Malik Willis, and then Will Levis is seems like the guy. So if if they're a top five pick and one of those quarterbacks are sitting there, are they going to go after him or let Will out, give Will Levis a full season to see what he can do? No, I stick with Will Levis. I would stick with uh, yeah. I would stay there. Uh, finishing out the AFC, I just talked about him. The Las Vegas Raiders. They've got Aiden O'Connell, Jimmy Garoppolo is still there. So hey, I have a question for you. Yes, sir. How good is Jimmy Garoppolo when he doesn't have the Avengers? Uh, not as good as Brock Purdy. Not the question. I think Jimmy G could be a 500 quarterback. I think he, in the right system, the injuries 
I'm more worried about the injuries with Jimmy G than anything else. I think if you gave him a decent roster, like put put Jimmy G on the Jags, I think he's a seven seven and ten quarterback, eight and nine maybe. Seven and ten. Seven and ten, eight and nine. If it's seven break. and ten, a fireable offense, or does that keep you in the league? Oh, I think he. I think Jimmy G, if he wants to, can definitely bounce around. I mean, Brian Hoyer is still in the league. Uh, C.J. Beathard's in the league. Mitch Trubisky's still in the league. Andy Dalton's okay. still in the league. I'm not talking Jameis about, Winston's talking still in the league. In the league, we're talking about a starter in the league. No, I I think Jimmy G has. I think he's seen his best days. I think he's one of those guys who, if he wants it, can stick around. You know, go the Mariota route. That's where I think Jimmy G's at now. Yeah, so he's not a starter, but he is a he's a tenured backup. Yes, which he I in I guess this is my opinion, but. I don't know that he ever was not that. I think that he had a special year and a half. Right. And then everybody thought he was amazing, and then he got hurt again. I mean, it happens a lot. It happened with okay. Matt Flynn. Happens, happens with lot. Matt Castle. Matt Flynn had one game. <laughs> in that dude threw for 400 yards in – or 500. I think he holds the record for the most passing yards in a game in Packers history. I you can check me on that, but I'm pretty sure that is true. And the Seahawks were like, here's all the money. And then – 30 seconds later, they drafted Russell Wilson, and Mefflin maybe had 10 passes for the Seahawks. <laughs> so that was fun. Um, right. So the Raiders, staying with Aiden O'Connell, drafting or going to see what we have in the free agency pool, or you know, going, I, well, I, like like trading for a Trey Lance or something, just for an example. But I think that they're probably – I don't know what the contract looks like, but I am assuming that they're probably going to have to stick with Jimmy G for at least another year. Am I, not, am I wrong on that? I don't know what the contract looks like. I need like. to get Spotrack up here. i got too many windows, and that's not one of them. So – uh, my assumption is that they're going to stick with Jimmy G, not necessarily because out of desire or will, but strictly because they feel like he has that's the contract, and they don't really have an option currently for another year or so. So that'd be my guess. Uh, you know, I think that contract probably locks him in. So switching over to the NFC, New York Giants still have Danny Dimes there, and yeah. Tommy DeVito is the new guy. Yeah, they don't have a choice. Like, you see the contract he signed, man, he's staying. That's dumb. That was a bad contract, but he's staying. So they're not. If the Giants, where were the Giants draft right now? If they were, they'd be a, they'd be a probably a top five pick. So let's let's say people trade up. Drake May sitting there. Giants are going to pass. Yeah, they just signed what's his name to like five years, fifty million dollars, which is so stupid. But they, I don't really have a choice. Uh. The Commanders and our beloved Sam Howell with Jacoby Brissett as the backup. No, he's Jameis Winston, part two. <laughs> he's staying, baby. Let's go, my dude. Perhaps the most talked about, the Chicago Bears and Justin Fields. Uh, I pray to God that he stays. <laughs> it's uh, the For same, the sake of the Vikings. It's the same thing as Mitch Trubisky. It's just he can stay as long as he wants to, and I don't mind. I think... I don't think Fields is the problem there. I don't think he's been as great as they expected, but I think some new new coaches, get him some receivers, get him some running backs, just build up a team around the poor guy. I'd give Fields at least another year to see what he can do. Rather, I, I'm not so sure that any of the guys in the draft class are better that I'd be willing to cast him aside after just three years. Uh, speaking of, what's your Vikings going to do? Well, I think the Vikings lucked out because of Kirk Cousins' injury, but the Kirk, I, it's, it's a multi, no, see it. They're going to do two options on your list, which is nice <laughs> because they're going to draft a quarterback this year and they're going to end up drafting. They're going to have a middle of the round pick. So they're going to get a right. Penix or Bo Nix or 
I guess Jordan Travis is hurt now, but like a Jaden Daniels, something in the later rounds or later in the first round, potentially second round. Right. Hard to say where they where they pick that up. But now they're not a uh, stranglehold to signing Kirk Cousins to another big deal because realistically he wouldn't have won the MVP because nobody in Minnesota does, but he was having an MVP type season in terms of this. Like he was number one in the league in passing yards, passing touchdowns when he got hurt. So um, he was playing himself into another long contract, at least a three year, maybe four or five year. And so now it, it in, in my opinion, if the Vikings were smart, they would geez, sign Kirk to a two-year. And it doesn't have to be you know, two-year, 15 million. It doesn't have to be one of those mega contracts anymore. And you, you can still sign a, a quarterback in the middle rounds, live under Kirk Cousins for two years, learn everything that he wants to teach you. It has to be somebody mobile. And then you have two years on his rookie contract. You could build that roster up and then – and then let Kirk Cousins float at 38 years old, and and then they'll have another quarterback in the wings ready to go. So that's the direction I believe the Vikings should go. And again, that wasn't going to happen if Kirk Cousins didn't tear his Achilles. And it's unfortunate for him and sad for his family and and everybody else. But I do think that that is the best move for the Vikings to go this off season. And let's go over to the West. I don't think there's a hmm, the. I guess the Rams are the only one in the West that you have questions about. Still have Stafford under contract, but he's old and beaten up. They brought in Carson Wentz. Stetson Bennett is the backup, who they just drafted. Yeah, boy. Stetson Bennett should have won the Heisman. So, Just ask anybody from Georgia. So what is your take on the Rams? Well, I think that they probably would be wise to draft a quarterback, too. I haven't done a lot of research on their uh, on their situation, but um, Stafford has been beat up and hurt and <laughs> – has a hard time staying healthy. Andy Dalton's not much younger. I don't think that Andy Dalton would. I mean, what is Andy Dalton's age? He's 33, 34, 35. Oh, yeah, easily. Um, I don't know. They, he had to come out. He came out. He had to come out after Stafford. So he's younger than Stafford. I think Andy Dalton was in the 2011 draft, I think. Okay. And Stafford, Stafford was, was what? 09. Yeah, right. So um, I don't know any anything about Stetson Bennett's NFL like what is he? Gonna, I, I think there's a reason he was taken in the sixth round. I don't know, which is earlier than Brock Purdy, so he could be better than Brock Purdy. We don't know. No, we don't know. No, you don't know. No, two-time national champ. No, All right. two time back to back. So, and I'll just give you the entire NFC South. You've got the Falcons with Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke, the Panthers with Bryce Young, the Saints with Derek Carr, and the Bucks with Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. Okay, well, the Saints will – no, the Panthers will stay. I imagine the Saints will probably stay with Derek Carr. Um, Desmond Ritter, it's his second season, third season? Uh, this is Ritter's second season. So they'll probably stick it out for another year knowing how they operate. Um. So I don't know that there's going to be a lot of movement in that uh, in that division. I know for sure, like you draft a quarterback first overall or wherever Bryce Young was drafted um, first overall, right? Yep. Um, that he's not. They're not doing anything with that. They're not going anywhere with that. That's not going to change much. But um, 
I don't know. It just you got to look at the money. Like money talks, the investment talks, and, and so Baker Mayfield is truthfully he's not he's not playing bad enough to get cut. Like he's playing fine. But, but they've only got him on a one year deal, so they'd have to re up him if he's shown enough. Which you know, again with this quarterback class, you draft your quarterback. Like you just like you take a chance. I think that there's enough good quarterbacks this year that you want to. Especially in a division that's middling, that there's no real standout quarterback, there's no real standout team. I think it's probably wise to draft a quarterback like a Jaden Daniels or a Jordan Travis. There's a handful of quarterbacks that are going to be really good, um, and you know, obviously, we think like half of them. I don't know what the percentage is. You know, seventy five percent of them hit. You know, twenty five percent bust. Whatever the number, whatever the you know, I don't know how it goes, but you take that chance. I think. Because you don't really like they're in that that bridge year that you're talking about, like sign a veteran, right? I think that's what they're doing now, and I don't think Baker Mayfield is worth any more than what he's doing this year. He's good, but he's just he's a traveling quarterback. Keep your eye out for Bo Nix and the creamsicle next year. Bo Nix, no, going back to the south. <laughs> Yeah, I think you're going to see – I would not be shocked if there's five first-round quarterbacks next year. It's going to be a frenzy. Some team's going to shock everybody, kind of like the Ravens did a couple of years ago when they traded back in to get Lamar. So it's it's going to be, be all over, and I think the Buccaneers will be one of those teams who goes after somebody. Seems to be working out okay. All right, anything on the NFL before we do a quick spin through the college football and then maybe a trivia game here at the end if, we, if you're still awake? Uh, the Vikings are going to win the next eight games and win the Super Bowl. That – we're, who's ever got money on your sports betting, don't do that. But do bet money. Somehow the Niners are seven-point dogs to the Seahawks on Thanksgiving. So go ahead and take that bet all day. No, the Vikings are going to win eight in a row. Okay. Whatever whatever those odds are, there you, there you heard it. Austin's yeah. going to guarantee. Yep. Plus. Namath style. 150,000. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got nothing. I think we're good. Let's lock right. and load. All right. So looking at college here, great rivalry weekend in the final uh, week of the regular season we'll look at a few games here and then look ahead to the conference championships and how that's going to affect the playoffs uh first thanksgiving night tradition you got the egg bowl mississippi and mississippi state let's go the well it, i guess well rest in peace but it was one of the most entertaining coaching duels for a couple of years so um yeah we'll see how that one rolls but i'm not i don't know Ole miss is going to win by like 30 points so good old lane kiffin Gotta love him, even though his son's gonna come to Oregon. So that's good. Uh, you got the no longer civil war, Oregon State at Oregon for the final time for the foreseeable future. This is the make or break if Oregon's gonna even have a shot at the playoff. Boy, Oregon is thirteen and a half point favorites. They are not losing this game. Don't give me that look. I you're and this is another guarantee from you, Ducks. Yeah. The Beavers, okay, so the Beavers are... Friday night on Fox, by the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I just, so the Beavers, I lo- okay, so the Beavers <laughs> are much better at home than they are on the road. I think that's been proven. And so if they weren't able to, I think last week will take a lot of steam out of their season because they were there was something to God, That would have been awesome had they beaten what, UW. Yeah, it would have been awesome. But they had a, they, they had a lot more to play for before the game started last week than they do now. And so, you know, notoriously they've been 
domed as the giant killers. So it's still there's still potential that it's a rivalry game. Like you don't know what could happen. They scored 21 points in the fourth quarter last year to beat the Ducks. Like it is like weird things happen, right? But um, I just the the steadiness that the Ducks have played with this year is much different than how they were the playing last year. I think they're much more consistent. Um, and I think Bo Nix is. I mean, he he broke the record for most starts in a, a college football career this year, and right. you know I don't know I don't know post COVID that anybody's ever going to really touch that. Uh, and so, as much as I think that it it's a rivalry game and things could get weird and trick plays and reverse passes and like stupid stuff happens. I just don't know that the offensive line for the Beavers is going to hold up against a pass rush, and I just think Bonex is so steady, and the run game is steady enough that I think it's just going to be a slow death for the Beavers. I think that after they lost last week's game, I think they burnt a lot of steam on that. I think it was a it was a big game, top ten, home, like we're playing for Pac-12, like we're playing for the Rose Bowl, like we're playing for all these things, and now it's like, well, if we win, what do we get? The Vegas Bowl, like the Alamo Bowl, like they're not playing for nearly right. as much. Besides, ruining the duck season essentially is what they, which is which. Email, you know, are they playing for that? It's hard to know what the internal motivation is for that team. I mean, that, that really is the question. That's it's kind of like the Beeve Super Bowl. If they get to ruin it for the Ducks, yeah. And there's a lot of talk that Jonathan Smith is looking at the Michigan State job or the Texas A&M. I think it's Michigan State, right? And mm-hmm. so, um, you know what. Is that a distraction? Uh, yeah, you know, you just there's a lot of different factors. So, I, not not trying to be a homer, but I just the steadiness and the consistency that the Ducks have played with this year, I think, overwhelms the Beavers. I think it's a little crazy in the first half, and I think the Ducks pull away in the second half. So I think that they do win by three or four scores. So but I, but I wouldn't be shocked if it was like a 21-17 game at half or something like that. C- CBS has a thirteen and a half line on it for those of you that live in betting states yeah so that's what my assumption is for that game and then on saturday we'll come back to the big one we've got kentucky at louisville for a huge game for louisville for them to maybe still have a shot at the playoff spot and to win the acc some manner of battle for kentucky on the line there yeah that's a that's a weird one too because you want louisville now louisville has a legit shot not that they didn't before but now with jordan travis getting hurt they their, their chance to win the ACC now increased significantly, and I think it's more of a test, not not that they're playing each other this week, but I think we're trying to figure out what Louisville can do in terms of when they play Florida State. I think that's more of what we're, we're – more people are going to be interested in what Florida State looks like than what Louisville looks like because I think we all kind of understand who Louisville is, um, but we don't know who Florida State's going to be right. post-Jordan Travis. Yeah. Is it a Cardell Jones situation? Right. Um, we don't know, right? Which right. is, I mean, I, like we didn't know who Cardell Jones was until he threw for five touchdowns against Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship game. Like it wasn't something that we thought was going to happen. We ain't come to play school. <laughs> uh, should we just assume Alabama's going to win the Iron Bowl by about forty after Auburn lost to New Mexico State? Uh, I think forty should be the over under in terms of by the line yes uh a game that i think you have a weird affinity for the desert bowl desert cup arizona and arizona state arizona's gonna win arizona arizona state's booty 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 
Wisconsin at Minnesota. They play for an axe or something. I love that game. Love those teams. I think Wisconsin wins, which Minnesota doesn't know what they're doing this year. You've got the Apple Cup. Wazoo, here's my pick. Here's my going out on Olympic. Wazoo is going to beat UW and ruin the miracle season because Wazoo, this team makes no sense. No sense. Look at the Wazoo schedule, the way they, <laughs> the way they get up or down for games. No rhyme or reason to it. No so sense. Go Cougs. I'm not saying that it's not going to happen. I just have a – I don't – You. I mean, to your point, I think that it's – I think that you're right. I don't – I don't know that Washington loses, but I think that they pose a bigger threat to Washington than a lot of these other teams did that they've played close games to because they have a better offense. So the Utah game that was close, Utah's offense is meh without Cam Rising, right? Like that's kind of – Who's coming back? How many years of eligibility does that man get? COVID. And so – but that's just kind of what it was, right? Arizona State's offense is what? Like they – their quarterback has two two passing touchdowns all season, so they're not very good. Okay, right? Like Oregon State's offense, the, that's maybe a good win. Arizona's offense is good, not great, good. Um, and they're kind of rising towards the end, so I don't know how good they were at the beginning of the season. But uh, I think that out of all of those teams that they played close games with, I think Washington State has the highest caliber offense. Maybe I mean you look at I mean, even the way they play Stanford. Stanford's offense hasn't burnt the turf down, right? Like they haven't done anything really worth showing. So, uh, so I think that you bring up a good point. I don't think that I think that it's going to be a close game, and you know Washington certainly has ruined a season or two for Washington State in Pullman. So I wouldn't be surprised if if a lot of those kids were motivated to beat Washington and ruin their season as well, which would be interesting because if Washington loses this game, then Oregon beats them or then Washington or, or they say Washington wins the Pac-12 championship game. Now they're not a playoff team. Are they play like, what does that put them at? Right. Um, I don't think that they would be just not because they don't deserve it necessarily, but based off of no. every other team that has been good this year. Um, so, Hard to say. I I don't know that Washington loses, but I I like I like your prediction, and I think that it's going to be a one-score game. I think it's going to be much much closer than any Washington fan is comfortable with. I think that's very true. And <clears throat> he's not near the name on the national scale that Michael Penix is, but Cam Ward at Wazoo quietly having a great season. He is currently fifth in yards, just about two hundred seventy behind Penix. Only 22 touchdowns compared to Penix's 30, but only five picks, so he is not turning the ball over. A very capable, experienced starter for Wazoo. So keep an eye on the Cougs, and they could really throw a wrench in this whole college playoff plan. A lot of games on Saturday, but there is the one, simply known as the game. Ohio State at Michigan. Ohio State number two, Michigan number three. Michigan still without Coach Harbaugh serving his suspension. Game with huge playoff implications. I, I I will bang the drum for Michigan. I cannot pick Ohio State, no matter how much I like Marvin Harrison Jr., how good the team is. The smart pick is probably Ohio State, but I'm picking with my heart and my head and going with the Wolverines. Yeah, so I, this is going to be a this is a this is an interesting one to to talk about. I, I so at the in the second half of the Penn State game. You've probably heard this stat. I think that Michigan ran the ball 32 times in a row. Yeah, they like didn't run the ball in the second half or D- something. Didn't pass the ball in the yeah, second half. Yeah, did pass. Um, and there was a couple questions as to why. You know, one question was, well, are they just that physically more dominant than Penn State that they just have the ability to do so and not worry about 
you know, having to pass the ball because they're living ahead of the chains the entire time. Um, but I think the other question that is something to be brought up and something to think about is uh, their offensive line potentially struggles with opponent pass rush. And so J.J. McCarthy wasn't able to stay upright against the Penn State pass rush, which I would argue that Ohio State's is better than Penn State's. So it's not going to be a shootout. I think we all know that. I think they both have top 20, top 10 defenses, right, more or less, somewhere in that range. Um, and I think that with the head coach being not on the field, and I was listening to – Joel Klatt talk about this, and, and so there's there is a there is a a point where a team needs uh, somebody that has a, the experience of being in big games on the sideline to to mediate the emotions that some of these kids are going to be going through, right? John Harbaugh has been to Super Bowls. He's played in he's he's played in games, coached in games, big games, playoff, whatever, right? He's just he's like to him, not that it's another game, but it's another game, right? Versus some of these kids, they haven't necessarily played in a game of this magnitude, right? Undefeated, you know, playoff implications, right? Home game, senior night, right? There's a lot of things on the line here. And so um, does the coaching advantage all of a sudden slide to Ohio State now? Because Ryan Day has has coached in these games before and has more experience and has the ability to to keep his team – Neutral versus having those highs and lows, I think it's a, a valid question, and I think that the coaching advantage shifts now to Ohio State. These teams are so evenly balanced. They're so evenly matched that I think it's going to be – the game's going to end up being – I mean, I don't know what you think, 17-14, 21-17, you know, 14-10, to 10, something like – it's going to be pretty, pretty low scoring. Um coming down to the last second kind of deal. But uh, I I have a hard time picking against Ohio State in this one, just like you have a hard time picking against Michigan, just because I think that not having your coach on the sideline makes a big difference, especially in in a game of this magnitude. And I think that's a really good point of not having Harbaugh's experience in the big moments. I I do think it's going to be a lot more high scoring. I think we're going to get into 30-point games here. Uh, oh, this does not want to give me the information that I wanted. Uh, I do think for Michigan to win, it's going to be that grinded out offense. They're going to have to slow down the clock, feed Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards and whomever else they want to give it to, let J.J. McCarthy run. Because I think that's what scares me is Ohio State's got quick strike when you can just lob it up to mostly Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, but they still have a always a huge complement of wide receivers there. Emeka Ekbuka is also yeah. a, potentially a first-round pick, yeah, so they, you can't forget about him. They have two first-round receivers there, so I think that they'll need to slow the game down, grind it out, control the clock, not let Ohio State get quick strike, not let their defense, you know, no pick sixes, no kick returns, nothing crazy. I think Michigan will hold on to win kind of a – thinking more like a 31-27 victory. It was 45-23 last year. I do think Michigan leaned on him a lot in the second half, right? If, if I remember right, it was it, it was a closer, it was close-ish game in the first half, and then Michigan kind of just ran away with it towards the end. And that there's snowy and cold and, you know, that typical upper Midwest kind of weather that Michigan, especially with the way that they choose to play the game, kind of aided them a little bit, right? If I remember correctly. 
So you could be right. I you know, and I think that Ohio State would counter with well, we have Travion Henderson who's finally healthy. Uh, he hasn't been healthy in you know two months, right. um, and he's going to impact the run game for Ohio State much more than he has been able to in the previous you know two months. And so, um, I just don't anticipate. Like I said, I think it's going to be more of a defensive game. I think it's going to be you know kind of your standard old school battle. You know, they've had a few. I remember the game that went to double overtime. I think it was tied at seventeen. You know. Before I went to overtime, it's going to be somewhere in that range, maybe. That maybe they're tied at 24. I don't remember exactly. It was lower scoring. I don't know that it's going to be yeah. quite Iowa low scoring. But, <laughs> um, you know, I I think that the the winner, the first team to 24 maybe is going to win the game. I think that's probably the right barrier. You know, if you get to 24, 31 points, I think that gets you to put you in a pretty good uh gives you a pretty good chance to win this game. So whoever can get there first is going to is going to succeed. So this is the, if I'm reading this right, the 14th time they've met as top five opponents. And Ohio State has won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. No, so that 13th means, time. So it's the seven to five right now in favor of Ohio State when they're both top five teams. Yeah. Seven, so. five, and one. We got a nice little it's tie same thing happened last year, right? They were under, both undefeated third, last year? Third year in a row that they've met as top five, and Michigan has won the last two. They have, and they won in the horseshoe last year. So, you know... It's Michigan has just been they've been so steady. They have the most snaps or highest percentage of snaps winning by 14 points or more all season. I don't know that they have played anybody outside of Penn State. Not that that Penn State was never not in control, but I don't know that they've really played, you know, a, a team a top 10, 15, 20 team really all year besides maybe Penn State, right? Um you know, I don't think you're wrong picking either side. I think that both. I think you have an argument for both teams. So that's the part that is like, where's the line? What's the barrier? I think that you know, when you get this close, I don't know that you're wrong picking either one. So there's, you're going Ohio State. I'm going Michigan. Let's project this a little bit into the future. Assuming whoever wins this beats Iowa, which if Iowa wins the Big Ten title game, that'll cause a huge mess. <laughs> but Winner of this game wins the Big Ten title. They're undefeated. They're in the tournament. Does the loser of this game make the playoff? Uh, in a normal year, yes. And this year, no. Okay. In a normal year, they would. And last year, they did. But they won't this year. Well, let's take use our crystal balls here a little bit. Uh, projecting ahead to championship weekend. Just going to look at the Power Fives here. So the Pac-12 still being decided. It uh, Oregon wins, and they are in. Somehow the Arizona Wildcats still have a shot at this, and you explained it before better, but Oregon loses, Arizona wins, Arizona somehow makes the Pac-12 title game. Yeah, they've been hot. So for that reason, I'm going to choose the Ducks, and you get the rematch, the much-anticipated that everybody kind of expects rematch between Oregon and Washington. That'd be the first one. Uh, the Big 12 is a big jumbled mess, and as much as I love the Big 12, maybe the weakest of the Power 5. They don't have any of their championship contenders. Looks like Texas feels pretty safe getting in there. They host Texas Tech this week. And then somehow Oklahoma State is 8-3, and 6-2 and two in conference. They have the head-to-head over Oklahoma. So it comes down to this final week, and K-State is still in there. So you got four teams in the hunt for the Big 12 title. Yeah, but I would imagine it's going to be Texas, Oklahoma State, right? Like we can – I mean – That's, that's, that's the odds-on favorite right now. Yeah, I would but, assume that. But, I, you know, college football is goofy. 
So right. I feel like no matter who gets there, I think Texas would have to be the favorite. And even then, the Big 12 champion is a very long shot at getting into the playoffs. Is that game played in Jerry World? Or is it playing Jerry yeah, it's World? Jerry World. Yeah. So that is the first game Saturday. You got the MAC championship already set between Miami and Toledo. Yeah, let's go Toledo Rockets. SEC, yeah. SEC championship Georgia at Alabama. That's another one. If Alabama and if Alabama knocks off Georgia, that's another one. I don't think that's going to happen. So here's the thing with that. No, I don't. So mm, I don't. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can it be okay? No, but I don't. I just I don't think that's going to happen. So when Texas played Alabama, who was the better team on the field? Texas, but they had Quinn Ewers healthy. Okay, but who was the better team at the line of scrimmage? I mean, Alabama is going to win that nine times out of ten. They weren't the better team in the line of scrimmage that game. Hmm. So Michigan, so te- Michigan, bleh. Texas went on the field with seven minutes to go on offense. I don't know what the final score was. They won by a, a touchdown or maybe less, and th- they didn't give the ball back to Alabama. They ran the ball twelve times in a row and killed the clock and said, "We're ready to go home." So Texas was the better team. They didn't even have to use said Quinn Ewers, who obviously is injured and out for the season now. That that game, or that drive, I suppose it was it was all line of scrimmage play. If that's the case, I don't know that there's an argument to say that Texas is better than Georgia at the line of scrimmage. I don't think that's true. I don't think that anybody thinks that's true. So. Yeah. As much as we think that Alabama is playing better football now, quarterback play has been better, defense has probably been playing better, right? All that's probably accurate. I don't think that the line of scrimmage play against Georgia is going to hold up. So everybody is assuming that it's going to be a close game, but I think that it's going to be closer to what we saw with what happened with Michigan-Ohio State last year, where it'll be close at half and then – Georgia's going to just use their leverage and lean on Alabama a little bit more than maybe everybody thinks that they're going to, and they'll pull away in the second half. So that's kind of my assumption, you know, my prediction for that game. Uh, we just don't – like Alabama isn't – as much as Alabama is Alabama and they'll forever be Alabama until Nick Saban retires, I just don't think that with the NIL and recruiting and better coaches in the SEC and now Georgia obviously being who they are, I don't think that Alabama is quite to the level that they have been in the past. And so they don't have that. I just, they don't have as much of a chance in my mind of beating Georgia as much as everybody maybe thinks that they do. For the sake of simplicity, it's a lot easier for everybody if Georgia just wins that one and gives Alabama their second loss. Right. And then the last one we haven't talked about is Louisville at Florida State. We touched on it a little bit. The Jordan Travis injury vastly changes this one. Undefeated Florida State, they're in the playoff no matter what. Now these two are going to meet Saturday, December 2nd at night in Charlotte. Louisville beats Florida State. They may have a claim to the playoff. They're the lowest ranked right now, so they'd have the most to overcome to get that acclaim. Uh, Florida State winning you're in. I guess you have to win twice and you're in, but that is the... So those would be the night games as the ACC and the Big Ten. Yeah, and we're going to learn a lot about what Florida State is when they play Florida this week. Not that Florida's good necessarily, but if they uh, if they play Florida to a one score game, you know what does that what does that mean? You know, does does that just tell you that they're they're uh, seeking asylum off post Jordan Travis, or does that mean that they just have no idea, like they were leading on him so much because he was a potential Heisman candidate? You know, you lose that guy, and it, it makes a big difference on your team. It could, right? right? But 
again, we thought Ohio State was going to be a different team when JT Barrett broke his leg, and then all of a sudden Cardell Jones comes in and throws for 500 yards and six touchdowns against Wisconsin. So you don't know what could happen. Um, I think we all kind of understand what will probably happen, but that doesn't mean that it will. Uh, and I just, I don't know, the way that Louisville's been playing the last month, I don't foresee them being able to compete with the Oregon's, Washington's, Georgia's, Alabama's, Texas's of the world. I don't think they're in that class. So even if they do beat Florida State, I don't see them jumping over any of them and getting into the playoff, um, especially with Jordan Travis. The, I just think that the injury changes things because even that win now over an undefeated 12-0, Florida State doesn't look as good. Like it doesn't – I mean it, it should because it's still, in quotes, an undefeated team. But it doesn't – it's not as much of a win as if you were to go on the road or even in a neutral side and be like a Michael Penix-led Washington team because they have their best player. I just think it makes a big difference, just like beating a Quinn Ewers team right now, right? Or lack of um, when a team loses their best player and or the ringleader, I think that beating that team now isn't looked at as highly as it could have been previously. So your five conference champions, to summarize all that. Oregon. Oregon. Georgia. Louisville. Texas, Ohio State. And your four playoff teams are? Oh, the team that gets steps out is Louisville. But it's just, just straight-up conference champions? Yeah. No Michigan? Not In a normal year, they would be in. That's the crazy part about this year. In a normal year, yes, but I don't think that they'd be in this year. They, are they good enough to be in? Yeah, for sure. Then they would be, They're better than last year's Michigan team, but... I don't think that based off of how this year has been that they would have earned it based off of how every other team is playing, which is it's crappy to say, right? I mean, how do you defend that? But it's just one of those years where we almost wish that the 12-team playoff was this year instead of next year because there are so many good teams and there's not one great team besides maybe Georgia. But even Georgia has had its questions until – until Megatron decided to come back and <laughs> had a, his ankle healed two weeks, which is just a bunch of cortisone shots. But um, yeah, it does feel like there's not as much buzz around Georgia. We're just taking them for granted or what, but it's just kind of, now we'll just wait till the playoff to worry about Georgia. Right. And so I just don't think that, yeah, I just think that Louisville goes left out. I mean, I don't, I think that my opinion probably is, is straightforward with that. And I, and I do would imagine that if the Rose Bowl was smart, that they would – they're going to try their best, and there's probably money invested in this, to put the last real Pac-12 Big Ten game as a Pac-12 Big Ten game. So they're going to do Washington-Ohio State, Washington-Michigan, Oregon-Ohio State, whatever, right? They're going to try their best to make sure that it's a a traditional – I mean my guess is if they had it their way, they'd do Washington-Michigan probably, right? Those are probably the two most traditional programs that are in the running to play in that game, I would, get, I think, right? That's a, you just made me think of that. Now I'm looking up the Rose Bowl game results from uh, history. But I think that if they had any four, the common any combination of those four teams in it, I think that the Rose Bowl would deem that a victory. You know, Oregon hasn't played in a ton up until recent years. I'll tell you, I can tell you that much. Washington's probably played in ten times more Rose Bowls than. Than organize first first one ever in 1902 michigan beat stanford and then it wasn't a regular thing till 1916 when washington state beat brown 
Let's go. So there you go. Let's go. There's been two Rose Bowls that haven't been played in the Rose Bowl. Can you name them? Uh, is it cheating because I have the Wikipedia page right in front of me? Don't look. Uh, the 2021 game was played in Arlington, Texas. Okay, that was Alabama and Notre Dame, right? Yes. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, and it was like it was like 1932 or something. Maybe it was it was really it was like 42. 1942. The <sighs> game was played in Let's Duke go. Stadium in North Carolina because of Pearl Harbor attack and That's stuff. That's right. Yes, sir. Uh, so to answer your question. Games played, USC has the most, Michigan is number two, Ohio State is three, Washington is four. Right, so... Stanford five, and Oregon has... Oregon's only played an eight. Like, USC's played in 34, and then it drops quite a bit to Michigan, and then... As I was saying, right? Oregon... Because Oregon hasn't been good until 20 years ago. <laughs> like, that's just the reality, right? It's, yeah. I mean, we all kind of know that, right? So... Yeah. Ohio State has nine wins, Michigan has eight, Washington has seven. USC so, has 25. Yeah, that's ridiculous. But, uh, so... If we were trying to go traditional, traditional, then it would be what Washington, Michigan. I'm assuming, I don't know when the last time this, they played each other in the Rose Bowl. I'm assuming based off of those numbers that they have, but um, either co- any combination of those four teams is going to be a win for the Rose Bowl, and right. I think that they're chomping at the bit to make sure that they get those four teams in it. It's the two-three game, so you know you, I don't think that it'll be hard. Let Georgia destroy Texas. Yeah, or Louisville, or Florida State, or Alabama. I guess they're not going to do that against Alabama, but so Washington, Michigan. Unless I missed anything, last played in 1993. They played back to back years. Washington winning the first, Michigan winning the second. Yeah, is that 1992? That 92, 93. Is that the uh, Billy Joe Holbert Washington team that that, that claims the, the a national title, the shared national title? All right. Anything else we need to get to on this week's show? We've gone super long. It's a it's a wonderful Thanksgiving feast of an episode for you. Sinking our teeth in the NFL. We've kind of jumped around a little bit and haven't done a lot of football for a while, so we had to make up for it with a heavy dose this week. Anything else we haven't touched on over there um, with your is, poison is, juice? Is Angel Reese not playing because she has a low GPA or because she's making too much money? You asked that question as though I've paid a minute of attention to college basketball yet. You can just give an answer like you know. Um, NIL money is going to be my first guess. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably right. <laughs> yeah. Is North Dakota State going to win another FCS championship? They're not even good. What are you talking about? They're ranked seventh in this poll that I just happened to have in front of me the minute you asked that question. Who's the number one team? SDSU, South Dakota State. Yeah, those Dakotas, they don't know how to play football for some reason, don't they? Since when is I I could have sworn Idaho was a Division One team. When did that change? They're all Division One teams, my dude. One double A FC you know what I mean. Montana. I'm all in on the Grizz. Go Montana to win the Let's go FCS. Let's go. I don't know. I'm a big Chattanooga guy, so Go Mox. That's right. Or the Richmond Spiders. Loki, one of the best uh mascots. Richmond is ranked twenty fifth though. Yeah, but they're a spider. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody, for joining us after a nice marathon episode. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy to have you all with us. We will see you on next, next week's episode and be with you all throughout the month of December. Thank you all for joining us. We will see you next time. Bye.